0: Today we're, we're gonna wrap up this letting go part, okay? And uh, this is the big part of this all, because it's hard to go forward if you got an anchor on you. You know, you can't drive your boat if there's a monster anchor dragging on the bottom. You can't do it. So uh, what we're hoping to do here today is uh, finalize that thing that is holding us back and I'm I'm not we're not talking about a physical thing like I need to clean out my closet at home that's not what we're talking about we're talking about like a spiritual thing that is holding you back from moving forward with God that's what we're talking about so be thinking about that maybe thinking about that and at the end of this message we're gonna we're gonna put a bucket down there and you're gonna we're gonna lay these things at the foot of the cross okay So that's where we're going, to these cards at the end. It'll be a great ending. So let me, um, let me get a running start into this thing uh, from where we were yesterday, because this is really one big message broken into two pieces. So we're moving forward with Jesus. Our challenge is to move forward with God in 2020 and beyond, okay? The decade. We're thinking decade. We're not just thinking year. We're thinking 10 years. We've got 10 years to, to begin moving with God like, like this big ship. We're not like in a little rowboat that you just spin around. We're in a, we're in a ship. And, you know, have you ever seen a ship turn? Very slowly it turns, right? So that's what we are, we're like the ship and we got 10 years in front of us and we're gonna begin moving with God in a new way and uh, we're gonna do that by letting go and letting God. So we're talking about letting go, that's our focus. Uh, We're getting unstuck. Letting go means we're gonna get unstuck, okay? That's what we're talking about and it might feel like this, okay? I talked to you about this uh, last week. It might feel like you're getting punched, okay? Uh, you guys remember this game, Rock'em, Suck'em, Robots? Well, it might feel like you're getting hit, okay, because, because it's painful to get unstuck, spiritually speaking. It is not fun to, to have to think about things that are holding us back or hindering us or keeping us from running the race uh, because we get comfortable with those things. We like those things. And when somebody rips them out of our hands, right, it's like surgery. It hurts. doesn't feel good at all. So I'm warning you on this, okay, today, especially today, we're going to say, I'm going to say some things that might hurt a little, might make us a little uncomfortable, but that's okay because the goal is that we're healthier, that we cut away stuff, you know, you go to the doctor to have something cut away, it doesn't feel good, does it? But you know it's good for you. We know it's good for us, so we do it anyway, right? And we looked at the prophets and what the prophets had to say about about these things. And they had to say some tough things, right? And remember, the people didn't like them for that. Part of their message was turn or burn, right? That's what they said to to most people. That was kind of like, repent or you're going to be destroyed. And that's what God's message was through them. And those people did not like what they heard. So the prophets got stoned and God's truth went undone. Okay? Because people don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to know that they need to change. Uh, and when, it, it, it maybe the thing that you're going to write on your card is, God, help me to learn how to change. Because if you don't change, you'll never move. Right? That's like a huge boulder in front of people. Like this boulder of just change. Just this acceptance of, I can do this. Like, I can change. Okay? And we saw the need. The need is that people are lost, right? People are lost. That's the need for the church to move. That's why we need to move. And, and so the mission is to take the good news to those people. The question isn't what is the message? We know the message, it's Jesus, right? He's Lord. People need Christ in their life or they're going to die without Christ and without hope and without life. And the question isn't when, because we know when, we need to do it now. Christ's coming back and we need to do that now. And the, and the question isn't why, because hell is in play. And if hell is in play, people need to know that. They need to know there's only two directions that you're going to go when you leave this planet. It's either in heaven or it's in hell. And if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, you are doomed. Like, that's the message of the prophets. People don't like to hear that, do they? We don't like to hear that we could be in jeopardy of going to hell. So the question isn't what, when, and uh, why. The question is how. How are we going to take this message to the world, right? That's the question. How? And uh, we looked at Psalm 78 um, about um, transferring the message, sharing the message with the next generation, with our children, that kind of thing, passing it on. And we saw that uh, they would not uh, be like then their ancestors, a stubborn and rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirits were not faithful to him. So we don't want to be like that, right? We want to be the generation that passes it on to the next group of people so people will know and we said I said to all of us that if safety if safe just playing things safe is our goal in life then living life is not your goal and we want to change we need to change that okay we don't need to play it safe we need to take some risks fact, in a survey conducted of older people that were like up there in age, getting ready to, to move on to eternity. Most of them said I would have taken more risks. If I could do it all over again, I would take more risks. So I'm telling you now, let's do that now. Let's do that before we get there and say I wish I did. Let's go ahead and get there and say I did. Okay, let's move forward. We talked about the cone snail, right, Jack? Yes, sir. Okay, deadliest, one of the deadliest. <clears throat> painful. Don't get stung by a cone snail. Okay, because getting stuck by a pain snail. Uh, 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 one of those, it will leave you paralyzed, right? It'll leave you paralyzed. Like it'll shut down your body. You won't be able to do anything. And the remedy to get to being stuck is getting unstuck. And then Paul said, set your heart and your mind on things. I'm moving through the beginning half of the sermon. Uh, uh, set your heart and mind on things above, right? Not on earthly things. That's where our mind should be. Not on stuff, not on the world, not on these things. And Jesus said, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth. So, many people are stuck because of all the treasures they've collected right okay you know people like that you may be like that you got all these treasures and now you're stuck holding them like right can't move and uh we want to get unstuck from that and the way we get unstuck is by looking up by looking ahead and by looking to Jesus we go forward okay not backwards go forward and, um, and then we got to John 8, the end of the message last week, and Jesus said, if the Son has set you free, you will be free indeed. And that is good news, isn't it? I mean, that's like the great news. That is the great news. And when, when Jesus said free, he's talking about being free from sin, right? In bondage, free to know our Creator, free to walk and live and dwell in the presence of God right here on earth, right here and right now. But he's also being, he's talking about being free From anything that hinders us and keeps us from moving with God. Being free to walk with God, you know? You know, it's like, it's like God wants us to to walk with his spirit, like daily. Just walk with the spirit of God as you live your life out. You know, we got the word of God, we got the spirit of God, and we've got the will of God, and we're going to move with God. But we get stuck, like we get, we get hanging on to things, you know, and it's like, it's like reeds and weeds around our ankles and then our neck and then our legs and our arms. And pretty soon we can't like go anywhere because we've allowed the things of this world to, to tie us down. And Jesus came to set us free from this stuff, All right, He came to set us free from it. Well, here's where we're at. So in the book of Acts, in the book of Acts, God was on the move, right? He's on the move. I mean, you just remember, we remember, like, especially as Acts begins, and, and it's an action book, right? It's just an action book of God, like, working in his people, all that he was doing through the prophets, and all that he was doing in Jesus is now, like, it's, it's like coming to fulfillment in, in people, like in us in the book of Acts, and God is on the move. He's, he's literally on the move through his people, and God is always on the move, right? Right from the beginning of creation and before then, God was on the move. Right up into this very moment, God is on the move. And Mark said this, Mark said this in Mark uh, chapter uh, 13. It's not going to be on the screen. He said this, no one knows about that day or that hour, not the even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. And we know what he's talking about. He's talking about another time, soon to come, when God is going to make another big move. Like, God's on the move. He's not done moving. So we shouldn't stop moving, right? If we're going to move with God, we've got to keep moving. And if you stand still and get stuck, you can't move with God. He's going to do something big, and it's coming. And he wants us to be moving with him when it happens. So the mission of Jesus, I think about the book of Acts, was like being passed on to the apostles, right? Jesus told the apostles to like stay in Jerusalem, wait for the Holy Spirit. And so they waited, and the Holy Spirit is poured out on them, and God is moving some more. And they begin to preach the good news. They begin to go out and spread the gospel, and people are hearing the word of God. And the church is now birthed and and it began to like advance mightily. Like that's the church. This moving, powerful, spirit-led, changing the world, bringing light to the darkness church. You know, Pentecost happens, thousands are saved, people are coming together, uh, they're coming together and they're breaking bread and they're sharing life together and they're going out and they're spreading the good news. Right, and and they're giving of themselves, and there's they're washing the toilets, and there's no like no needy people among them, and everyone was those few. And everyone was filled with awe. You know, everyone's filled with awe. This church is on the move, and the church was moving, and they're making disciples, and they're going out and they're reaching lost souls. That's the church that Jesus started. Okay, that's the church that Jesus started. And a need arose among the widows as the church begins to unfold. and So they appoint some people to take care of the need and they call them the deacons. So we've got a leadership beginning to be formed and the church in Jerusalem is growing. It's penetrating the community all around them. And get this, all of this is happening without a building. No programs, just raw on the street ministry taking the gospel to the world reaching the lost making disciples doing it again and again and again and in their minds we're going to just keep doing this until jesus comes back because he said he would see that's what was going on in their heads the mission of jesus was in action it was in action you know the mission of jesus the one who had nowhere to lay his head that Jesus, the, the church was on the move, and it was an active church. It was an active church. Um, so here at, you know, this church, we, 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 we're part of what's called the restoration movement. Okay, the restoration movement. And we take pride in that. Some of you bubble up at the thought of it, at the, the words, restoration movement. You know, Thomas and uh, Alexander Campbell and Barton W. Stone, who, kind of were the founders of this restoration movement. This movement happened in the 1800s. 1800s. That's 1770 years after Jesus started the church. 1700 years later the restoration movement happened. Okay? And um and and the desire our desire as like a restoration church is to get back to the, the original. That's, that was the goal of the restoration movement, to restore the church back to its original church as much as possible, as closely as possible, right? And we like that. We like that. You know, we, we see the pattern that they came around the Lord's table every Sunday, and we like that. That's part of the restoration church. Not every church does that. We, uh, we practice baptism by immersion. As soon as somebody gives their life to Christ, we don't put it off, we don't wait. We, we try to do that right then because... We see that as part of the, the Restoration Church, and we, we like that. We like that about this Restoration Movement. It's got some good things to it. There's, there's some uh, slogans, key slogans. If you're not familiar, some of you are wondering, what is the Restoration Movement? Uh, you know, you, you've come into this church, and you have no clue what I'm even talking about. But that's what we're part of. That's what we desire to be. There's some really key slogans that are part of the Restoration Movement. Let me share a couple of them with you. One of them is this. The Restoration Movement says this, or believes this, or one of our, our key sayings is this, where the scriptures speak, we speak, and where the scriptures are silent, we are silent. Now that's good, right? That's totally good. We all go like, amen, right? Everybody say amen. amen. Okay, amen, thank you. Okay, because we believe that. Like, where the scriptures talk, we, we believe that, and we're going to do that, but where they're silent, we're gonna, there's freedom. We don't have to agree on every little thing that the scriptures don't speak about. Okay? So that's a great saying, isn't it? But it's so interesting that some of the things we get stuck on are exactly things that are not in the Scripture. They're not in the Scripture at all. We've just gotten stuck on them. We hold on to them as if they are. and We even say things like the Bible says that when no, it doesn't. So, so where the Scriptures speak, we speak. Where they're silent, we're silent. I love that. That's good. We should do that. We need to practice that. Here's another slogan. We are Christians only, but not the only Christians. That's good too, right? We acknowledge that we are followers of Jesus Christ and we love him and we're serving him and we're living for him, but we know there's other people that don't go to our church that are Christians too. It's okay, right? We are Christians only, but we are not the only Christians. That's good. That's a good statement. Here's one. In essentials, in the things that matter most, in essentials, unity. In opinions, liberty. In all things, love. That's good, right? You like that? Right? So in the things that matter, there's unity. We've got to have unity here. In opinions, we can, we can be free to have a different opinion. And opinions are not essentials. We gotta, we gotta keep that in mind. I think we get we get we get led astray by our opinions, and we begin to think that our opinions are equal to the essentials, and they're not. They're not. Okay, but in all things love. And then here's one: no creed but Christ. Because right? this came out at a time when creeds were big, people were following creeds. If you've ever been to another church, there's probably a creed that you have to like sign off on. This is what I believe, this creed of this church or this denomination. But, but the Restoration Church says, no creed but Christ. He's the only creed we need. That's good, right? No book but the Bible, no law but love, and no name but the divine. And that's the name of Jesus. He's the only name that matters. So a lot of good things about the restoration movement, right? That we love and we are proud to be a part of. But but this is this is um this is what we desire to be, to get back to the original That was the desire of the restoration movement. You know, the faith and the mission of Jesus being demonstrated. We talked about this Wednesday night in our study, that Jesus came and he set the pace, he set the pattern for what his mission was all about. And then you combine that with what the church is all about as we read through the book of Acts and in the New Testament, and you combine Jesus' mission and what Jesus said and what Jesus did with what Jesus established the church. And what we have here is the original. That original church, right, that met in homes, breaking bread, fellowshipping, no needy among them, spreading the gospel, and the Lord added to their number daily those being saved. See, this is our goal, right? This is our goal. This is our desire to continue what Jesus began, the New Testament church. That's our goal. But time has a way of softening us, you know? Time has a way of softening people, and then we begin to collect things. We begin to collect things. And over the years, we begin to hold on to things, things that are non-essentials, things that are opinions and things that are traditions, things that came much later and are not a part of the original at all. See, Israel did this, the Jews did this, and we do this. Like them, we are prone to wander, clinging to stuff like sheep, easily led astray, easily distracted. Like, and here's the, here's, the, here's the sad thing, okay? You may feel like this. And somebody once said, having stuff can make you stuck. It's true, isn't it? I mean, it's so true. Having stuff will make you, you stuck. And, and the longer you live, the more stuff you collect. It's crazy. But it's true, it's true, it's true. It's hard to move when you are carrying so much stuff. like, like and, and I'm thinking about this for like, us as individuals and us as a church, Okay, as a church. But as an individual, how many of you, don't raise your hand, or you know somebody who will never move from their home? I <laughs> said this filled this week. You'll never move from your home because you've got too much stuff, right? Like, you will never move. Just the thought of cleaning out the closets in the garage and the, the attic is like, there's no way. We're dying right here. All right? I mean, that's true, right? Stuff. That doesn't matter. You're not taking it with you. And then in the church, we do the same thing stuff. Just begins to weigh us down and, and, and keep us right here. It's like it becomes almost like an anchor. Some of it's good stuff. I'm not saying it's bad stuff, but it's stuff. And we know that the church is not brick and mortar. Church buildings and fellowship halls are tools to reach the lost. They should be places that are set up to rescue the perishing. That's what they should be. Always changing to meet the needs, never stuck. These are the things, like this building, these things are things that will be done away with when Jesus comes back. They have no eternal value in and of themselves at all. Here's the thing. Um, Jesus is not, he's not coming to save this. Right, we know this, right? Up here we all know this. He's not coming to save the building. (laughs) But he is coming to save these. He's coming to save these. (laughs) He's coming to save these. And he's coming to save these. Precious souls, people, people. That's who he's coming to save. And even this guy. Okay, he's coming to save this guy too, Gen Z, right the newest among us, the youngest, born with a laptop in one hand and an iPhone in the other. Right? They don't know what life is like without it. Jesus came to save them. Right? Here, here's a, this is a and suckin' moment, okay, for you. Because this just represents the church in a way. But in some ways, in some ways, the church building just may be the worst thing to happen to the church. I mean, if you think about it, think about it. The church was created to soar. The church was created to fly like an eagle, to be unbound to be free to move, penetrating the darkness, going wherever the Spirit of God led them. And here, and all across this country, we are literally locked into this building. Locked in. And I understand the need for safety, I I truly do, and security and crazy people in our world, I get that. But we've become in some ways like birds in a cage. Way too tamed, and robbed of a great adventure when the real mission is out there the real mission is out in a dark world where we see Jesus walking among the lost where you and i once walked and wandered and he came after you that's where the mission that's where the mission happens the church the church should go The church should be a going church. The gospel came to you to go. It came to you to go to someone else. It never came to stay. It never came to get stuck. It never came to just stay with you and you're blessed because of it. It came so that it would go, so it would go through you, it would save your soul and move on to someone else. The gospel came to go. So we should go rub shoulders with the world. You know, go coach. Go coach a team. Go, go get involved in the school system somewhere. Help with the karate ministry. Go serve at the soup kitchen. Go to a third world country and be a missionary for God somewhere. Start a new ministry to the world. Right? Follow God's call on your life and go. Start, a, start an addiction ministry, care for the homeless, whatever it is you like to do, what it is you like to be a part of, or what you're good at, use it to reach the world. Like go, go do something for God that's, that's crazy and out there, but necessary and needed. Organize a blood drive, discover a big need in the community, and then meet it. Lead one of our outreach efforts, you know, the block party or trunk or treat or friend day. Get plugged in somewhere. Start a prayer circle for something important, like your church leaders or the community or the school system or our government. Lead a welcome wagon group and bless visitors who come to BCC. There's so many things that are going undone because we just don't have people who feel God's lead and say, I'll do that help us make us better as a church in the community get involved lead out help with karate help teach advertise just get involved get engaged with the world serve the world and while you're at it spread the gospel while you're going about life spread the gospel by the things that you say and the things that you do right by being a light among the darkness that's ministry That's real ministry. What we do here together, this is for us. This is mostly for us. And we're getting better and better as we go at becoming more outreach-minded and more missional-minded. We're getting better. But these walls can and should be used in missional ways. They should. Over the years, though, these walls have secluded us from the world. Over the years, they have separated us from the very mission that Jesus sent us to go and do. BCC, we're trying to get unstuck, right? We're trying to let go. We're trying to get unstuck. So let's rethink what it is we're doing. Let's rethink how we will reach this ever-changing generation and world. Let's figure out how we will move forward with Jesus and let's let go and let God Okay, let's do that, let's do that. Let's let go and let God. Okay, we're moving forward, that's what we're trying to do here. Move forward with Jesus. And so you have your cards. If you would, take out your card. If you'll take those out with me for a minute. Pope, would you do me a favor, would you go down and tell Trish, five minutes, we're ready for her. Okay. Take out your cards and um, and I hope you've thought about something. You've been thinking about this for a while. If not, does everybody have one? Okay, good. Jackie's got one. Good. Okay. So we're writing on this, something that we need to let go of, something that is spiritually holding us back, tying us down. Okay, and we're going we're gonna to begin to wrap this up. And, and so we're asking ourselves, what is it for me that I need to let go of so that I can walk with God and, and walk in the spirit of God today? What's keeping me back from doing that? What's holding, what is God calling me to and I'm not able to go there because something is keeping me from going there? What do I need to let go of? And and I hope everybody will write something down and be ready to respond here in a second. What's holding you back? Uh, We talked about turning the page. What's it going to take to turn the page? Okay. Not to forget about the past, but just to move on, to move forward, to keep going, to keep, to keep adding to whatever God has been doing, add new things to your life and to, uh, to what God is doing in you. What is it? What's it going to take to turn the page? What's it going to take to move forward?